Thanks, Andy, for uh, reading for us. Well, as Braden said, we're in Isaiah chapter 26 uh, this morning. I thought uh, for the next uh, three chapels that we have together, we might look at this uh, central section of Isaiah, perhaps uh, a part of Isaiah, part of the Old Testament, a part of the Bible that we are uh, less familiar with, but we'll see uh, that it is uh, so uh, rich in um, uh, what it teaches us. Uh, Why don't we pray, and then I'll read uh, chapter 26, and we'll look at it uh, together. Our Father, thank you so much uh, for your word. We thank you for the opportunity we have at chapel to open it up and gather around it and hear you speak. And we pray that you would do so as we look at this chapter together and that you would uh, strengthen our hearts by your spirit and increase our faith in and love for the Lord Jesus. And we ask it in his name. Amen. Amen. Isaiah chapter 26. In that day, this song will be sung in the land of Judah. We have a strong city. He sets up salvation as walls and bulwarks. Open the gates that the righteous nation that keeps faith may enter in. You keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you. Trust in the Lord forever, for the Lord God is an everlasting rock. For he has humbled the inhabitants of the height, the lofty city. He lays it low, lays it low to the ground, casts it to the dust. The foot tramples it, the feet of the poor, the steps of the needy. The path of the righteous is level. You make level the way of the righteous. In the path of your judgments, O Lord, we wait for you. Your name and remembrance are the desire of our soul. My soul yearns for you in the night. My spirit within me earnestly seeks you. For when your judgments are in the earth, the inhabitants of the world learn righteousness. If favor is shown to the wicked, he does not learn righteousness. In the land of uprightness, he deals corruptly and does not see the majesty of the Lord. O Lord, your hand is lifted up, but they do not see it. Let them see your zeal for your people and be ashamed. Let the fire for your adversaries consume them. O Lord, you will ordain peace for us, for you have indeed done for us all our works. O Lord, our God, other lords beside you have ruled over us, but you, uh, you, your name alone we bring to remembrance. They are dead, they will not live. They are shades, they will not arise. To that end, you have visited them with destruction and wiped out all remembrance of them. But you have increased the nation, O Lord. You have increased the nation. You are glorified. You, are in, you have enlarged all the borders of the land. O Lord, in distress they sought you. They poured out a whispered prayer when your discipline was upon them. Like a pregnant woman who writhes and cries out in her pangs when she is near to giving birth, so were we because of you, O Lord. We were pregnant, we writhed, but we have given birth to wind. We have accomplished no deliverance in the earth, and the inhabitants of the world have not fallen. Your dead shall live, their bodies shall rise. You who dwell in the dust, awake and sing for joy. For your Jew is a Jew of light, and the earth will give birth to the dead. Come, my people, enter your chambers and shut your doors behind you. Hide yourselves for a little while until the fury has passed by. For behold, the Lord is coming out from his place to punish the inhabitants of the earth for their iniquity. And the earth will disclose the blood shed on it and will no more cover its slain. Uh, When I was a younger Christian, uh, I uh, moved in slightly different Christian circles than I do now. And uh, an expression I used to hear a lot was about having peace. Uh, People would decide uh, not to do things because 
they, they just didn't have peace uh, about it. Or they would decide to do something because uh, they had peace. Now, the danger, of course, was you know, subjectivity, introspection, self-deception. And uh, it was all too easy to sort of justify an action because you really wanted to do it. And you could just sort of say that you had peace about it or to not do something uh, and just say that you didn't have peace about it. You know, can you do this unpleasant task? Sorry, I, I would, but I, you know, I just don't have peace uh, about it. Um, you know, I am tempted to, to revive this, uh, this practice uh, when I get asked to do you know, some extra marking or something like that. Oh, you know, I, I would, I just don't have peace about it, so I, I, I better say no. Uh, well, as I moved into circles where uh, the Bible was more clearly taught, I heard more about the peace uh, that we have with God uh, through the Lord Jesus Christ uh, than the peace that we have in our hearts. And yet the Bible does speak about that internal peace. And we have verses, uh, wonderful verses like verse 3. You keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you. Perfect peace. Uh, this kind of internal deep peace comes not from some kind of zen-like attitude. It comes from a resolute trust in the Lord. And uh, we'll see uh, in this chapter that it's, it's not an introspective chapter. Isaiah points us outward uh, to the Lord and his salvation. Nevertheless, it is a chapter that challenges us to examine our hearts. Isaiah holds out in this chapter the vision of a godly life, and it is one that is marked by having our minds fixed on the Lord, of trusting in Him, of waiting for Him, of desiring Him, and wonderfully of having minds at perfect peace. Well, Isaiah is writing in the context of a people who are distracted. Uh, their minds are not focused on the Lord, uh, but so often they're focused on the chaos of the nations around them. Uh, throughout the book, Isaiah calls on the people, particularly the leaders of Judah and Jerusalem, to look to the Lord for salvation, not to try and form kind of political alliances with the nations around them to protect them, but to look to the Lord for their salvation. And, and that means waiting. It means waiting for the Lord to save them. It means trusting Him when that seems to be the most weak and ineffectual thing uh, that they could possibly do. Now, our situation is different, but so often our hearts are the same. Uh, so often, uh, waiting for the Lord, trusting in Him, fixing our minds on Him just seems weak and ineffectual. You know, we need to get on and do something, seize the day, get moving, just do it. Now, this chapter is not a call to inactivity, but it's a call to not allow our activity to distract us from that basic stance of trusting in the Lord, of waiting for Him to act, and so having minds that are at peace. And Isaiah encourages us in our trust in the Lord by comparing faith and its effects with wickedness and its effects. And in many ways, this chapter, I, I guess, is, uh, it, it feels like an expansion of, of Psalm uh, chapter 1, Psalm 1. Uh, this is what it's like to trust in the Lord and walk in His ways, and this is what it's like to reject Him. So the first uh, nine verses, uh, faith leads to peace and righteousness. Faith leads to peace and righteousness. Verse 3, again, you keep Him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because He trusts in you. 
Right? The person who trusts in the Lord knows his peace, his security, his salvation. Uh, for Isaiah and his hearers, that meant living in a secure and safe uh, city, particularly Jerusalem. And that's exactly what the Lord promises in verse 1. In that day, this song will be sung in the land of Judah. We have a strong city. He sets up salvation as walls and bullocks. Uh, the enemy can't invade the city because the Lord has made it secure. Uh, trusting in the Lord brings security uh, because of his strength. Verse 4, trust in the Lord forever, for the Lord God is an everlasting rock. So the person who trusts in the Lord, the everlasting rock, can be at peace, at perfect peace. His mind is fixed on the Lord. No one can harm him. Uh, what's fascinating about this passage uh, is how it moves from the external uh, walls and bulwarks to the internal trust, a mind focused on the Lord. Uh, the settled, calm nature of the believer in Isaiah's day uh, flowed from their conviction that the Lord was able to keep their city secure. For us, as we trust in the Lord Jesus, Paul reminds uh, the Philippians that the peace of God which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Trusting the Lord leads to a quiet heart and a peaceful mind. In a world of noise, distraction, chaos, a 24-hour news cycle, Twitter, Facebook, whatever, uh, this kind of peace uh, really is something uh, different. It's supernatural. It's a gift of God. But it also leads to a righteous life. Uh, those who trust in the Lord are described as righteous in verse 2. Open the gates that the righteous nation that keeps faith may enter in. Verse 7, the path of the righteous is level. You make level the way of the righteous. And their righteousness is particularly seen in their waiting. In their waiting for the Lord, verse 8. In the path of your judgments, O Lord. We wait for you. Your name and rem remembrance are the desire of our soul. So yes, uh, there there all uh, are all these kind of external realities of salvation of the Lord. He will protect Jerusalem, but we also have this uh, very um, uh, searching uh, examination of the heart of the believer, waiting for the Lord. His name being the desire of the believer's soul and waiting in the path of your judgments. As God executes his judgment, well, the righteous person doesn't panic, doesn't rail against God's actions. No, he waits for him. Waiting, waiting is what faith looks like in practice. Waiting is what faith looks like in practice. And it's a theme that uh, runs throughout Isaiah. Uh, rather than the panic of making uh, hasty political alliances, the people of Judah and Jerusalem are to trust the Lord, and that means waiting for him to save them. Uh, chapter 30, verse 18, the Lord is the Lord of justice. Blessed are all who wait for him. Chapter 33, verse 2, O Lord, be gracious to us, for we wait for you. Chapter 40, verse 31, those who wait for the Lord will renew their strength. The righteous wait for the Lord, and as they do so, they grow in righteousness. Uh, verse 9, my soul yearns for you in the night. My spirit within me earnestly seeks you. For when your judgments are in the earth, 
the inhabitants of the, of the world learn righteousness. This is how it, it's, it's meant to happen. When God acts in judgment, even in painful judgment, uh, the righteous grow in righteousness, in their understanding of righteousness. Uh, the picture that we get is of the righteous with their minds set on the Lord, trusting in Him, the everlasting rock, to save Him with minds at peace, humbly learning even as God acts with judgment in the world. I, I find this very challenging. It's, it's challenging for me as I live in the, the frantic uh, world that I inhabit and the frantic life that I lead as I often, to my shame, skimp on prayer as I try to get things done, as I respond in panic to the chaos of the world around me, uh, whether it's uh, the pandemic, the floods, uh, the war in Ukraine. And yet it is a challenge, but it's also a promise. Verse 3, you keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you. The second half of the chapter, Isaiah shows us what it looks like when this doesn't happen, when faith is not directed towards the Lord, when minds are not fixed on him. And we see uh, wickedness uh, marked by blindness and futility. Uh, As we said, the people of Jerusalem, their leaders were tempted to trust in uh, powerful alliances to protect them rather than trusting in the Lord. They had the Lord. They had his promises. And and rather than trusting in those, they would go to uh, nations to try and protect them. Now, that's obviously not our specific temptation, but all too often our hearts incline in the same direction. Our hearts incline in the same direction, away from the Lord and to other things, even to ourselves and our abilities. And the effect is the same, an unsettled mind that is not at rest or at peace. And what's worse, the trajectory of this uh, turning away leads to unrighteousness. Uh, We saw the mark of the the righteous is that even when God acts in judgment, they trust, they wait, they learn. Uh, Verse 9, when your judgments are in earth, the the inhabitants of the world learn righteousness. That's, That's what's meant to happen. In contrast, the wicked don't even learn when God is gracious to them, verse 10. If favor is shown to the wicked, he does not learn righteousness. Uh, The righteous go through judgment and they learn. Uh, uh, The wicked experience God's grace and they don't learn. Uh, The next section of the chapter is um, a little bit complex. We won't go through all the details, but Isaiah highlights the corruption of the wicked Uh, that this kind of turning away from God and his righteousness uh, leads to. Uh, They're corrupt, they're blind, verse 10. In the land of uprightness, he deals corruptly and does not see the majesty of the Lord. O Lord, your hand is lifted up, but they do not see it. Let them see your zeal for your people and be ashamed that the fire for your adversaries consume them. They're blind. Their minds are not focused on the Lord. They are functional atheists. And yet so often, so often our trajectory is the same. We're blind to the activity of God. We focus only on the human actors. We don't respond in faith. We respond in fear or anger. We're functionally atheists. Uh, the wicked here, uh, in, in terms of the, the people, fail to accomplish the deliverance of the world. 
that the Lord intended for them. Verse 18, uh, we were pregnant, we writhed, but we have given birth to wind. We have accomplished no deliverance in the earth, and the inhabitants of the world have not fallen. Uh, here's Isaiah's deep critique of Israel. Rather than being a blessing for the world, rather than bringing salvation for the world, they've given birth to wind, to nothing. Uh, Isaiah's message stands on its own, but I'm sure you can hear the resonances with, with Jesus' teaching and with Paul's. Uh, without God's work in our lives, without the gift of faith by the Spirit, we just can't see. Like Jesus' disciples, we are naturally blind. That's why, in a sense, uh, the end of the passage is the most uh, reassuring, because it holds out hope for both the righteous and the wicked. It holds out hope for both the righteous and the wicked. It gives us a focus for our, tr our trust and a reason for our peace. Verse 19, your dead shall live, their bodies shall rise. You who dwell in the dust, awake and sing for joy, for your dew is a dew of light, and the earth will give birth to the dead. Uh, we've seen that the people of Israel uh, had failed to bring deliverance uh, to the world, that essentially giving, given birth to, to wind. In contrast, God will cause the earth to give birth to the dead. What Israel had failed to do, God will do in the most dramatic way possible, bringing life from the dead. Uh, for Isaiah, this uh, lay in the future for us, uh, it's begun already with the resurrection of Jesus. And it's the resurrection hope that we have in him that sustains us in our faith and gives us peace. But Isaiah also points to, his, to God's judgment. Verse 20, uh, Come, my people, enter your chambers. Shut your doors behind you. Hide yourselves for a little while until the fury has passed by. For behold, the Lord is coming out from his place to punish the inhabitants of the earth for their iniquity. And the earth will disclose the blood shed on it and will no more cover its slain. There is a judgment day. Uh, the language here is similar to that of uh, the Exodus and the Passover. Uh, God will bring wrath on the inhabitants of the world just as he brought wrath on the people of Egypt. But God's people will be protected uh, in the future just as they were in Egypt by hiding in him, by hiding in him. So God sustains Isaiah, sustains uh, the believers of his day by reminding him and them of his power in salvation. He is the one who is able to bring resurrection from the dead. The people have failed to bring any kind of deliverance, but God can bring resurrection. He is the one who will execute judgment, but he is the one in whom they can hide and know salvation from that judgment, from that wrath to come. It's uh, gospel hope that sustains Isaiah and gives him peace. It's gospel hope that sustains us and gives us peace. Having a mind that is dependent on God is to have a mind that is full of this content. Uh, the, the peace that the Bible holds out, it's not a piece of sort of emptying your mind, not uh, anything like that. It is a mind that is full of this gospel content that leads us to trust in the Lord and wait for Him and for His salvation. And to have a mind that is at peace. <clears throat> when I was a younger Christian... I shared a flat with a guy named uh, Vitali. I got an email from him yesterday. Uh, Vitali lives in Moldova, uh, one of the poorest countries in Europe and one that borders Ukraine. Uh, 
Vitaly is ethnically Ukrainian, and his extended family uh, live in Ukraine. His brother, for example, is unable to leave uh, Ukraine at the moment. Many analysts uh, believe that uh, Russia will invade Moldova after Ukraine, and this is what he wrote. Many people in Moldova are afraid that Ukraine will fall and that uh, Mr. Putin will not stop and will invade Moldova. What's more, the population of Moldova has enlarged considerably from a large number of uh, refugees. There's also a food crisis, as most of our produce is imported from Ukraine. There are many reasons to worry, but we trust that God is still on his throne and he will do what he wants. Please pray for our family. My wife, uh, who's American, wants to go back to her family in the USA to protect our daughter from the war. However, I've decided to remain in Moldova as long as possible. I have peace about that. Let's pray. You keep him in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you. Our Father, we thank you for that wonderful promise. Uh, we thank you for the gospel content. Uh, we thank you for uh, your character in Scripture. We thank you for your promise of resurrection, of salvation, of uh, protection from the, the wrath to come. And we pray that as we trust in you, you would keep us in perfect peace as our minds are fixed on you. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen.